26 weeks until college football kicks off. That's this Saturday, Saturday, July 13th. That will mark six weeks until the college football season kicks off. We got camp starting soon. And I don't know about other people, but it's this time of the season that I feel like I'm just waiting for something huge to drop, especially more so over the last couple of years, last few years, based on what's dropped during those quiet summer months or months that are supposed to be quiet in college football. It's usually the time of the year that when something breaks, other than random rankings, projections, magazines, things like that, when something breaks, it's usually bad. So the other day I tweeted the following, at a Dowdy 88 if you're not following me, I would love to have you. I tweeted the other day, the last three summers we've had, 2016 was when Art Bryles was gone, 2017 was Hugh Freeze and Bob Stoops, 2018 was Urban Meyer and DJ Durkin. I know we have 130 FBS head coaches, but having an average, what do we have, five over the last three years, fall, different situations, we're not going to put them all into one bucket, but we've had that many coaches go down over the last three off seasons, and it's really, really damn stupid to just sit and wait for something bad. But that's just what it feels like. I mean, precedent over the last whatever number of years, especially over the last three years, like I've said, precedent has made me this way. Like in the case of Bob Stoops, like I said, I want to put him all in one bucket. That wasn't bad, just unexpected. Bravo to him for stepping away. But five of the bigger, we could say, names, especially in the case of Bryles, Freeze, Stoops, and Meyer, four of the biggest names in college football, leaving their programs over a time that is supposed to be quiet. Okay, it's going to be a fun one on the High Motor Podcast today. I'm going to have Coach Mike Leach on the blower for a chat here in a minute, entering his eighth season at Washington State. So let's see where that conversation goes. Thank you for dropping by the show. Let's fire it up. We have Coach Mike Leach on the High Motor Podcast a few weeks before Washington State opens their 2019 camp. Uh, Coach, I know you were in Florida for a while there. Are you headed back to Pullman now? Well, we're wrapping up uh, Wyoming and uh, heading to Salt Lake tonight. They had a class reunion, so that was a good deal. And then, and uh, and then, you know, as long as I was up there, kind of took some scenic routes, went through the mountains, went through Yellowstone. Uh, I hadn't been to Yellowstone in a couple of years. Used to go through there all the time, just traveling, whether I wanted to or not. But it's, uh, you know, it's just such a gorgeous spot. I didn't want to miss it since I found my way up there in Wyoming. Curious, are you still walking to work every day up there? Well, I haven't been there for a while. You know, I'm trying to, you know, this is kind of the off season where I try to eat uh, eat right, get in shape, uh, exercise, do some some kind of exercise every day, but I have the the time to kind of focus on my diet, you know, and eat good food, and then I, um, so I try to do that, and then, uh, you know, make sure I, I do something every day, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, walk or push-up set-up stuff or uh, swim maybe you know so when you came back I was going back over your career a little bit so when you came to Pullman uh, 2012 or late 2011 I guess how long did you think you were going to be there for did you have any sort of timeline expectations when you arrived there thinking maybe I'll be here whatever number of years you know because I thought it was a great job at the time you know Bill Moose who hired me I thought he'd be there a long time then he ended up going to Nebraska after several years but and then, but you know, I mean, it, we 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 continued to elevate uh, there the program. We've got a great team. Uh, uh, you know, our president's a great guy to work for. Our AD's a great guy to work for, and so uh, 
you know, just really trying to improve, do the best we can. We've got, uh, we've got some guys back, so maybe, uh, if we can improve them, but they do have to improve, then we have a chance to be a pretty decent team, I think. You know, I had Dan Hawkins on the show a few months back, obviously Boise State, Colorado, and now uh, UC Davis going in his third season there, and I had him on the show a few weeks, or a few months back, and we talked about, the the difficulty in, in balancing for coaches who are in a job but then show interest in another job, like entertain an offer, take an interview, or something like that. And that's something that you talked with uh, Clay Travis a few weeks back on his podcast. Particularly, you talked about that situation where you interviewed for the Texas Tech job while you were still offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. And, you know, that type of situation, obviously with different specifics, but that type of situation uh, came up kind of a couple years ago with that Tennessee job. And I can't imagine you were expecting something like the text messages to be released like they were. But is, is there any way that you can, you know, walk us through a situation like that and give an idea of the delicate balance of, of having a job, but then also showing interest in another job? And ultimately that interest became public in that Tennessee situation. Well, the, you know, I told everybody on campus, I mean, the biggest thing is, is, and I don't think there's anything wrong with listening. That doesn't mean you're going to do something. That doesn't mean that you're, you know, looking to make a change either. But, you know, I mean, I was asked if uh, I'd be willing to talk about it. I said I would, and I did. So, um, but, you know, I let uh, uh, the folks on campus, at the time we didn't have an athletic director, and at the time, uh, my contract hadn't been renewed because we were waiting to get an athletic director. So, you know, I mean, I don't think there was any, uh, I don't think there's anything inappropriate about it. I think it's pretty tough to argue it was. Do you feel like that's the same situation? Like I said, you had talked about the Oklahoma, uh, going to Texas Tech, that whole interview process. Um, not sure how you described that awkwardness of it or whatever, but do you think that's the same case? Uh, where you've been in the past, do you feel like it's the same type of situation as long as you're um, up front at, at the current school you're at that there, there's no real problem with it? Do you feel like you've had the same sort of reception at other jobs when you've been uh, at least listening to other jobs, if that makes sense? Well, I, yeah, I think that, you know, first of all, I told Bob Stoops, and that's uh, uh, the guy I worked for. And then the, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, I mean, these jobs are great. Some are better than others. And, uh some of them, there's a, a, you know, a higher level of uh, teamwork uh, than there than there is at others. Like, uh, you know, some are snake pits. Others have uh, a great team effort, and I think that's what every coach is looking for. But I think it's uh, pretty safe to say that schools are quicker to fire coaches, and coaches are to try to find a better job. So, you know, I think that. Uh, you know, uh, some portion of the objections to it, uh, some folks need to pull the beam out of their own eye. When something like the Tennessee situation happens, where those text messages become public, does that anger you in any way, or are you always kind of expecting that that not necessarily all private conversations are going to stay private? Well, I don't expect that all private conversations stay private, but I don't care because I really don't have private conversations that I'm ashamed of other than I really can't think of one. You know, other than something that might potentially embarrass somebody else or something like that, but, um, you know, or somebody's in kind of a sensitive situation. But, you know, I, I try to tell the truth on the front end and uh, do the best I can that way. I mean, it's kind of like you've got a podcast here 
and all of a sudden you go get another job, but it doesn't matter what the job is, but you just think that the other job may be more fulfilling or better for you and your family. Um, it's kind of like me asking you if you're a horrible guy for uh, listening to him. I mean, you may not even go, but are you a lousy guy to listen to him? I don't think you are. Uh, uh, and those that do probably better stick with one job and consider it a life sentence and just do it no matter what happens. Couple recruiting things for you here. So we're in a recruiting dead period right now, and I try to ask coaches this question as many as I can talk to. Do you think that there should be more dead periods in recruiting? Oh, I don't know. I think that people need to kind of sort this out. I think we've extended the calendar uh, to a point where we're kind of at the breaking point because with the early signing day, which definitely has some benefits, <clears throat> has some negatives too, but it's got some benefits and. Um, but it does keep uh, coaches uh, – rec- I mean, there's always been an element of recruiting year-round, but um, uh, there's always been an element of recruiting year-round, but now it's, uh, you know, intensive. And, you know, even over the summer months where you want to uh, these guys to get a breather so they're ready and raring to go, and recruiting's a critical part, no question. Do you feel like you're – recruiting the same type of player now versus 10, 15, 20 years ago? I know you've always said that when you're looking at a recruit, the number one thing for you is how hard they're going to work ultimately. Do you feel like that's the same type of player that you've been looking for, You know, whether that was at Texas Tech, whether that was Oklahoma, Kentucky, wherever? Is it the same uh, type of player now versus in 2005, 2000, 1995, or whenever it was? I think it is. Uh you know, there's some stuff that's changed. There's like instant information and people are inundated with information. So I think sometimes um, people can get confused. But I think that somebody that really wants to play and really wants to be a good football player uh, is going to make a certain amount of sacrifices to do it because it's all about being committed. And if they're truly committed uh, and have the talent base that you can work with, then, you know, I think... Uh, We've always been uh, looking for the same guys. Do you find recruiting to be more difficult now versus than it was, um, we'll say, 15 or 20 years ago? No, I think the problems change. Now you get uh, uh, 20 years ago, you're just constantly chasing film. You had the big film, borrow film, go to school just to get film. Somebody's projector broke, so you had to get it from one of their opponents. <laughs> the coaches off with videotape up to the ceiling with videotapes uh, uh, you know now getting film is pretty instant you just push a button and it's all digital and on the net and then um, so that part's a lot easier I think that uh, uh, communication's easier but it can be confusing I mean you can communicate easier than before because it's not restricted just a, a letter writing and if, if the guy happens to pick up a telephone uh, when you call um, so there's there's definitely some benefits that way but by the same token I think that uh, you know there's a lot of clutter and you worry that sometimes these recruits uh, may get inundated in the clutter and and you know it, you, you can uh, things can get complicated with uh, some kind of dubious stuff I mean uh, and I, so I think you got to be careful of that. Now there's big, uh, all the seven on seven camps and everything like that. And so I think at times there's a, uh, a temptation, you know, 
you know, I'm your seven-on-seven coach, or I train him in this, or I'm the guy that does that. I think anything that goes away, that goes away from um, uh, dealing with the, the the recruit, his parents, and his high school football coach is a negative, I think, and has always thought that uh, uh, the recruiting dialogue should be with the recruit, his family, and his high school football coach. Uh, not a bunch of sideshow bobs that are sort of involved, you know. And I think that's also that's also where uh, basketball got in trouble. And I think, you know, um, football's on a slippery slope if they're not careful. Do you worry? You say slippery slope. Do you worry that there could be? And I know we don't want to compare the, the, the whole basketball scandal in that situation to football without knowing everything, but do you feel like that there could be some of what we've seen uh, revealed in those basketball trials happening in football right now? Well, I think we have to guard against it. If there is, I, uh, I, I definitely don't think there's very much because I can't even, you know, even teams that I hate, uh, for the most part, there's very few that I even suspect are cheating. You know, some may be stepping over the line or something, but um, I think that we got to keep an eye on it. We have to guard against it. And, you know, if we fall down that hole, um, we're, we're dealing with tournament organizers and, um, you know, uh, travel team coaches and organizers and stuff like that. I think that's where it goes haywire. And right now, um, there's a few elements of that in football that we have to look out for, but uh, still the majority are recruited through their parents and their high school coach. When you say elements, does that mean going back to like the street agents? So do you try to avoid those situations, or do you do you just play the game if you have to do that? Uh, I'll talk to them, but I try to avoid it, and then I immediately try to direct all our recruiting effort towards towards the parents and the, and the his high school coach. Is that a decision that you make for yourself, or is that a, a program-wide thing? So if one of your assistant coaches is also recruiting a guy, do you kind of let them, if they want to deal with a situation like that, or is that a thing that all Washington State coaches, um, you prefer they just don't deal with? Well, nothing's that simple. I mean, nothing's that simple. I mean, you know, I mean, occasionally some 16-year-old girl decides where, uh, a 16-year-old girlfriend decides where some guy's going to college. I mean, and it'll vary um, who they're going to for advice, but I think you always start uh, with the high school coach, the recruit, and the parents, and then maybe they have an uncle that played or that they're leaning on for advice or something like that, but you've got to avoid the guys that are outside uh, kind of the family circle or the, the, the that closer circle that... Um, that uh, have their hand out or are looking at it for their own purposes. Have you ever jumped into a recruiting situation that, um, I'm sure you have, but I don't know how much you can tell us about it, and jumped into a recruiting situation that you just didn't feel comfortable with uh, for whatever reason and pulled off? Oh, yeah, absolutely, all the time. I mean, so, so stuff like, okay, um, you end up researching the guy on the Internet, you know, uh, and those guys need to remember all their Facebook, uh, MySpace, uh, Twitter stuff. That's all, that's all permanent for the most part. And, you know, we discover one guy's kind of a gang guy. Well, we had to quit recruiting him. Uh, then uh, there's been guys that just 
signature clay, and they may even, you know, have, uh, have a lot of stars or something like that. But uh, them and the parents are really interested in just, you know, taking all these visits and dragging it out because they're kind of narcissistic about the attention. I'd cut them off because I don't believe in playing and being the best player they can be is first and foremost on their mind. Uh, you know, there's been guys that all of a sudden, uh, you know, get some criminal situation. Uh, there's been guys where, you know, you'll find out from the coach, the guidance counselor, because you try to research these guys as much as you can, that nobody on the team likes the guy because he's a bad lock, bad chemistry guy. So you get off of those guys. Uh, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. But, um, no, you research them thoroughly, and there's not just, okay, we check these three boxes, and so everything's go. No, it goes way beyond that. So how much has that vetting process changed? You talked about the access to film, for example, how back you know it took a while to get the reel. Now it's a click of a button. With that vetting process, do you find it harder or easier now versus you know, 20, 25 years ago when kids didn't have an Internet presence? It's, it's kind of both. You have a shorter window now because there's that early signing day, um, but you also have uh, more resources to communicate with people more quickly. Do you like that early signing day? I know we've only, we're only a couple years into it, but with thus far, um, are you happy with that, that opportunity that kids have to sign early? So far, it's been fine for us, and it's worked out fine for us, and we haven't had any problems with it. It's worked out fine for us. I do think that people are still, you know, there's still less than there was, you know, the last two years, but there's still a little... Um, ripple effect to, you know, people sorting out the timing of it a little bit. And I also do think that that has helped eliminate some of the outside influences, you know, that uh, are involved with these kids in some cases because there's not as long a window. And then the other thing is it uh, helps mitigate uh, the guys that want to stack up five hats and dramatically put one on their head. Well, that's not about the team they're going to. That's about themselves. And I'm looking for guys that are a little less selfish than that. And another thing, like I said, we were only a couple of years into the early signing period. We're also not even a year into the, the transfer portal. We've had a lot of mixed reaction. The consensus across the country seems to be that it does need fixing. Where do you stand on that um, almost a year into the transfer portal? I uh, Well, that hasn't hurt us either. That hasn't hurt us either. It doesn't mean that it can't. Um, the biggest thing that I think with that transfer portal is they still need to sit a year. We can't have all these uh, all these goofy excuses about not sitting a year. They should have. They, 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 there still needs to be, um, you know, some kind of a responsibility on their part to one select uh, the right school in the first place uh, because they do make a commitment. It's called a commitment, and they sign their name. Uh, you know, uh, on their scholarship, and then, and then, uh, you know, and then they should. Uh, I think they should have to sit here if they transfer. Do you think that should apply to all transfers, uh, no matter what? So the NCAA shouldn't review different situations, and this lack of transparency with the NCAA seems to have created anger. It seems like kids that get lawyers, they're able to get eligibility quicker. Do you think that no matter what the situation is, the kids should have to sit here? Well, that's impossible to say because I need a specific uh, situation, and, and those can vary. I mean, there is an appeals process; there always has been. I don't think it should be, you know, it 
some guy that's lifted some weights and has a pretty good 40 time, uh, you know, is a professional is completely absurd. Um, you know, uh, that's like you next time you need a doctor, go ahead and go to some high school kid that's got good grades in science, go ahead and do that and see how that works for you. And then, um, so I don't buy into that. And then, um, the, uh, but they, you know, nobody just automatically lets you transfer. We're going to automatically let people transfer. What we need to do is just go ahead and have a draft. And yeah, you might have been a great player, but we're having a draft. And so, uh, um, you might want to go to these 10 teams, but you know, this other team has the first pick in the draft. So your draft is there. So that's where you're going. Uh, if you have a good year, maybe you should get a raise. If you have a bad year, maybe they should cut your salary. Well, you know, some of this stuff, people are only talking about the benefits of all this stuff, uh, rather than, uh, any of the negatives and the responsibilities that exist with the NFL, but the notion that, uh, college football is the NFL, well, that's ridiculous, always has. And typically people that, um, preach and say that that's the case, well, they don't care about degrees, uh, necessarily. I mean, there's a number of things you can do. One thing you can do, you know, you want to uh, raise the benefit, uh, um, and, and one of my players told me this, and I think it's a great idea. And I think it's a great idea. Nobody seems to, seem to be real interested in listening to it. When I brought it up, I think it's a great idea. You want to add benefit to, to, to being a, uh, a scholarship athlete. If you, if, if you finish all four year or all your years of eligibility in school, then, uh, you have a scholarship at that school for life. If you want to get two more degrees, fine. They pay the tuition, you know. Um, and then, you know, we're talking about educating society. Okay, you you, you exhaust your eligibility. Um, you can get whatever degrees uh, you want there for the rest of your life. Um, you know, I think that uh, there's a lot of ways to look at this, but you know, it's it, it's 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 not just. Um, all of a sudden, well, somebody told me to run a lap, so I'm not happy. Uh, or, you know, somebody yelled at me, so, you know, now I'm going to go on the transfer portal. Like, one thing I do think on the transfer portal that's helping correct that situation a little bit is people that have uh, gone on that portal. The grass hasn't always been greener on the other side. And so I do think that is starting to settle it down a little bit. I think people are starting to realize that. And so they seem to not be quite as quick to go on the portal. The guys that I've found, um, and that went on the portal on our team, at once they, they just want more playing time. You know, they, you know, they're a guy down the lineup. You know, they're like, say, third team or something. They just want to get on the field. They just want to get somewhere where they have an opportunity to play. Um, and, uh, you know, they realize there's a couple of guys ahead of them, but, you know, they want a chance to play it. You know, I understand that, and and that makes sense. And then, um, and, and you know, so I think that part's good as far as um, creating additional opportunity. I think another thing that they could do, which would uh, reduce a great deal of legislation that currently exists, um, rather than have all these different red shirt here, red shirt there, red shirt the other place, just give everybody five years of eligibility. You're eligible for five years. Okay, I mean, uh, all right, so you, you, 
you, you played uh, four games your freshman year. You got injured. All right, fine. Come play when uh, uh, when you're healthy, you know. And then, um, uh, you know, the next year you play. Then the third year, uh, you know, you get injured again uh, 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 late in the season or something like that. Just have five years of eligibility rather than have to tool around with medical red shirt. And, and the other thing is it would help their academics. I mean, it helped their academics because a lot of these degrees it takes five years to graduate anyway. And um, so uh, so just give five years of eligibility. And, and, and there's, you know, there's no medical. There's no uh, specific year that you red shirt. You don't red shirt. I mean, you might dress this team, you might not dress that team, but five years of eligibility, and, and, and we'd have a more educated society, and I also think we'd have better-rounded players, and I also think it would raise the product of the NFL because um, they would be receiving more qualified players that, uh, that come from the college ranks. Going back to what you said, when, when nobody is interested in an idea like you had mentioned, getting the lifetime uh, scholarship from an institution, where do you think the influence lies to actually make those changes? Like who needs to step up, in your opinion? Is it the NCAA? Is it university presidents? Um, is it commissioners? Or is it just a collective group of every, everybody to stand up and actually make a decision like you had mentioned to give the, the lifetime scholarships or other changes that you wouldn't mind seeing? I think it's all the above. I think that right now, um, and nothing specific, but we're awfully inclined to have committees upon committees upon committees upon other committees, okay? And um, our problem isn't that that people don't see the need for change or good ideas um, so much as nobody can make a decision, you know? I mean, what's a 20-person committee of I mean, um, we need to have uh, uh, less committees uh, uh, in some process to have uh, some very practical thinking and experienced people on there because oftentimes they put, um, you know, celebrity uh, people that had a distinguished position somewhere or another on these things. The other thing sometimes, there's a number of schools and different classifications with different sets of problems that are all on the same committee. And so, um, you know, what's important to one another isn't necessarily congruent. And, um, but I think there's, uh, you know, uh, but uh, I, I think we need to, um, uh, you know, uh, have less people, have less cooks in the kitchen uh, that help sort this out. And then the other thing I think that is unfortunate is too often it's tempting uh, for some of these committees to have knee-jerk reactions just because the media says something. Then pretty soon you're trying to please everybody, and that's the surest way of screwing everything up. Before you go here, a couple of things on uh, 2019 season coming up. You have a whole pile uh, of seniors in that quarterback room this year. I know we haven't even hit camp yet, but you know, how do you feel about your quarterback situation? Uh, how do you think it's looking like uh, with Gordon Gage, Trey Tinsley entering fall camp now? Well, I think all three of them had a really good uh, uh, spring. I think all of them had a good spring. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, two of those guys, Gordon and Kinsley, were here when um, when Gardner was here. And that was a, a very tightly contested battle between those three. 
and then you know, so those guys have an extra year of experience. And then I think you know Gardner uh, had a year that illustrated some really positive things. I'm sure uh, uh, everybody learned from. And so I think we have a a good core of guys. We just have to go out there and let them fly and see who plays the best. Can you tell how good a team is going to be? while you're going through fall camp. I'm not asking by any means for any sort of win projection or sort of thing like that. I'm just curious if you can project out different player developments and get an idea in, in early to mid-August of how good a team might be during that season. No, I haven't felt like that's the greatest way to measure it. Um, I think after the third game, you have a pretty good idea. You begin to have a pretty good idea after the third game. Now, that doesn't mean the teams won't change for the positive and it doesn't mean that teams won't change for the negative. But I think that picture starts to clarify most uh, after the third game. That's Mike Leach, Washington State head coach, entering his eighth season in Pullman. Hey, coach, thanks for the time today. Uh, hope all goes well. Safe travels. Appreciate your having me on and, and uh, sorry it took so long. You know, I was traveling all over and I thought my reception would be better and everything else, but everything took longer than expected. No worries, Coach. I really appreciate the time. Hope you have a good rest of the summer.